Hey friends, I'm Brad Livingston, lead pastor here at Transformation Church. I want to personally welcome you to our podcast. At TC, we exist to see people transformed from who they are to who God wants them to be. So no matter where you are on your faith journey, I hope today's message inspires you to take one step closer to Christ. So hey, listen, we are excited about our Better Now series. Turn your neighbor and say Better Now. And so we want to get into our Better Now series. And, and as I was preparing the sermon, I was actually watching a documentary this week. Thanks to Netflix, I have kind of fallen in love with documentaries, right? So uh, I was watching one this past week, and it was one where they were uh, climbing a mountain. And they were actually, they had to climb this mountain. They were looking for Noah's Ark, all right? And so they went, they were over in Africa somewhere, and they were trying to climb this mountain. They were looking for Noah's Ark. And as they were looking for Noah's Ark, what they did is they started showing different members of the crew, right? So they had like this archaeologist, and then they had a whole bunch of people with names that I don't even know what they are. Like they just had tons of, they they were showing, but each one of them would identify their strengths, and then they would tell what their role is on the journey to climb the mountain. And and, uh, as you put that picture together, what we started seeing is that they had really covered all their bases really well. Now, if you're going to climb one of the highest mountains in the world, I would think you would want your bases covered pretty well. Am I right? So, as I was watching it, I was like, oh, okay. Like, they've really done their homework here. They've, they've really made sure they've got everything covered. And that kind of segued into what I was looking at for today. Because what I was looking at and how we pay attention to small groups and relationships in our life as I believe a lot of us are trying to accomplish great feats, almost like climbing a mountain. Our life, whether it's through business, whether it's through our career, whether it's through our degree or college, whether it's through our marriage or our family, we're trying to accomplish great feats. But how many of us would actually admit that we don't really have all our bases covered very well? And so today, we want to look at trying to get our bases covered a little bit and maybe identify some things in our life that would be helpful to bring into the mix. You guys with me today? Awesome. Take out your sermon notes. Let's go into it today. We're going to read a a decent-sized block of text in the beginning out of the book of Exodus, uh, and then we're going to work our way through it. All right, so let's go there. Exodus 17, 8 through 13. Then Amalek came and fought with Israel at Rephidim. So Moses said to Joshua, choose for us men and go out and fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on top of the hill with the staff of God in my hand. So Joshua did as Moses told him and fought with Amalek while Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up to the top of the hill. Whenever Moses held up his hand, Israel prevailed. And whenever he lowered his hand, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hands grew weary. How many of you guys know that your hands will get tired? You hold them up for too long. Y'all know what I'm talking about? In worship sometimes, I got to just, all right, all right, all right. But Moses' hands grew weary, so they took a stone and put it under him and sat on it, while Aaron and her held up his hands, one on one side and one on the other side, right? So his hands were steady until the going down of the sun, and Joshua overwhelmed Amalek and his people with the sword. So they win the battle, right? Now, this is a story that's attached to a bigger story that's attached to a a really long story, all right? So I'm not going to tell you all of those, but I do want to catch you up on what's happening because the backstory matters as we look at this, right? But as we get into that, 
I want to give you three things today that relationships bring clarity on, right? So relationships bring clarity on these three areas. First, you got to look at the promotion in the midst of your opposition. See, what happens in our life is God brings promotion, things happen. How many guys have ever gotten a raise at work or a promotion at work, right? So a boss comes in and says, hey, I want you to take on this new thing, and I'm giving you uh, this promotion. Now, how many of you guys got the promotion with the paycheck, <laughs> like, right? Because how many of us got the promotion without it, okay? It's like, I don't think this is a promotion. I think you just gave me more responsibility. I don't see how this is beneficial. To- okay, all right. So, but... When your boss comes in and he says, hey, I I want you to, I'm giving you more responsibility. I'm going to give you this promotion. But how many guys have found out that the minute you get a promotion, you meet opposition? How many of you have found out that in your life, the minute you start improving your friend circles, old friend circles start showing back up, trying to drag you back down? How many of y'all know everybody don't want you to do right? Some people just want you as miserable as they are. So when you get promotion, you will inevitably, listen to me today, you will meet opposition. So you got to look at the promotion when you're meeting the opposition to stay focused on where God is taking you. So we get focused, right? And so in the story, what is happening here is the, uh, the Malachites are fighting the Israelites. You guys with me right now going back to our story? So what's happening, and the the bigger story that's attached to this small story, is that the Amalekites are actually the descendants of Esau, and the Israelites are the descendants of Jacob, okay? So what we see here is, if we go back and we read the story of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Isaac is the father of Esau and Jacob, and Esau comes in, and him and his brother in a constant state of friction. How many guys got siblings, right? Constant state of friction. And Esau and Jacob end up getting into it, and, and I'm not going to go into all the details, but there ends up being situations that arise in their family, and now they've been at all with each other for the rest of their life. So much so that what we see here in Exodus that we're reading from is that the Amalekites actually had no reason to attack the Israelites. You with me? But sometimes when people come against you, you didn't provoke it at all. Things just happen that way. Y'all with me today? And what I want to encourage for some of you is when you're moving toward, because the Israelites are moving towards their promised land on this journey. And as you move towards God's promise, inevitably old problems will pop back up. So they didn't, there wasn't a justification for the attack, but it still happened. And for some of you, you've been trying to mend relationships with family members, parents, siblings, and you can't figure out why every time you pick up the phone, it's like fighting a battle. Can I tell you why? Because everybody don't want to see you go forward. And everybody don't want to see you in your promised land. If they don't get theirs, they don't want you to get yours. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm going to get mine. Listen, it might just be me and my wife, but we're going. Y'all know what I'm talking about? I'm taking my wife. That's a different sermon. Anyway, so you got to look at the promotion in the opposition. But inevitably, inevitably, the title of this sermon is that you got to look because there's always going to, whenever you go to new levels, there will be new devils. New levels means new devils. Not a literal devil. There's only one of those. But y'all know what I'm talking about, right? Because the story, the title of the sermon today, New Levels, New Devils, and the Same Old Story. 
When you go to new levels, you're going to meet new levels of opposition. Every time I had an opportunity to accomplish something great, the attack increased. Because when something great is going to happen in your life and you are now going to be more efficient and more effective for the kingdom of God, not for you, not for your bank account, not for any of those things. Those may be byproducts, but our goal is that we be more effective in the kingdom of God. See, God wants to do something in you so he can do something through you. It's not a matter of doing something in you so that you can have more. It's doing something in you so that you can give more. And so God wants to do something in you so he can do something through you. And so we encounter new levels and new devils. How many of y'all remember uh, one, of my, one of the songs I used to listen to, Mo Money, Mo Problems, right? I almost played the song, but I just, you know, Post Malone was enough for one Sunday. So anyway, but when you encounter new levels, you will encounter new devils. Y'all with me today? Exodus 17, 3 through 4, when we go back into the story a little bit, we see that what happens when our heart isn't lined up with where God wants to take us. So once more, the people growled and complained. How many of y'all know some growlers and complainers, right? I like to stiff arm them people on the forehead. Boom, not today, Satan, Uh uh-uh. But once more, the people growled and complained to Moses. Give us water. So they're walking through a desert, in case maybe some of you are unfamiliar with this story. They're walking through a desert, and they want water. I think that's a realistic request, but nonetheless. Give us water, they will. Quiet. Moses commanded, all you parents, y'all know what that word is, right? So just shut up. Anyway, so quiet, Moses commanded. Are you trying to test God's patience with you? But tormented by thirst, they cried out, why did you ever take us out of Egypt? Why did you bring us here to die with our children and our cattle too? And here's what we got to realize in this situation is that wars at home always bring wars outside your walls. And you need to understand that. Listen, that scandalous chick don't show up when you and your spouse are clicking right. I'm going to say that a better way that y'all can understand that because obviously you didn't get it. Fellas, your eyes don't drift to another woman when you're working hard on yours. But when wars start happening in the camp, then the enemy shows up outside the camp. Y'all with me? When I'm more focused on keeping my wife happy, I'm not looking for someone else to make happy. Now, you can move that through whatever area of life it is for you. When you're looking at doing your best at your job, you're not looking for a new job that's going to pay you less, make you work harder, that's going to take you away from what you're trying to do in the kingdom of God. We're watching people try to go get more money but be less effective in the kingdom and can't, one, and can't figure out why it's not working in their life. Can I tell you something? Get committed to the camp. Now, I'm not saying that everyone just needs to stay where you're at. When God gives you a promotion, walk through that door. Y'all hear me today? And if you get a yacht, just take me on it. That's all I'm asking, okay? So just I want to go. Unless you're going deep sea fishing. I am not going deep sea fishing ever, period, the end. My cousin and my dad hit me up a while back. They said, we're going deep sea fishing. You want to go? I said, what part of my life over the last 20 years makes you think I want to go deep sea fishing? <laughs> Can't wear my J's on the boat? Nothing. I ain't not going on. <laughs> I did say, I was like, listen, if I can control when we leave and when we come back, I'll go. Because once I catch about three fish, I'm done for the day. Like, I had my fun. I'm ready to leave. I'm not trying. They're like, no, no, no. We're going to be out there like eight, ten hours. Eight or ten hours? I don't want to do anything for eight or ten hours. 
I don't even stay at a buffet that long. I'm not trying to go deep sea fishing. Anyways, wars in the camp. Y'all know what I'm talking about? But all that to say, I want you to pay attention because when you lose the appreciation for what you have, you start looking for something that you don't have and you become more fixated on that than what you do have. And we need to become appreciative. The attitude of gratitude is one of the greatest connections to God that we have. Do we have everything we want? Of course not. There are things I want in my life. There are things you want in your life that you haven't gotten yet. Whether God is going to bring it and just hasn't, or maybe it's just not in the cards for you. But there are things about our life that we're still praying God would do. Can I get an amen on that? But if you become so focused on what you don't have that you lose the gratitude for what you do have, you'll eventually lose it all. And even if you don't, you'll find yourself constantly at war with different enemies because you're at war with the people inside your camp. And we got to recognize that we can do that. Which leads us to the next point, that you can't become blinded. And don't let your present condition blind you to your past redemption. Don't let your present condition blind you to your past redemption. When you start losing track of, God, I don't know where you're at. God, I don't know how you're going to do this. I don't know. I, I, I'm looking for this, but you're not coming through. I'm looking for that, but you're not coming through. Can I tell you something? Just look backwards. It's the only time I'll ever tell you to look in your past. You don't need to look in your past for condemnation. You don't need to look for it for guilt. You don't need to look at it for shame. You don't need to look at it for any of those things. But you do need to go back and realize that you could be in jail right now. You could be in the gutter right now. You could be dead right now. You could be sing. You could be what? Like you could be singing different kinds of songs. Y'all know, like you could be any of those things. But God's got you here today. So are you where you want to be? No. But where, are you where you should be? Because how many know grace interrupted my life? Right? Mercy is not giving you what you do deserve, and mercy has not given me what I most assuredly deserve. Then grace is giving you what you could never deserve, and God has most assuredly given me grace and given me what I could never deserve. And don't let what you're currently going through blind you from all the times he's gotten you through in the past. Because your past redemption is the testimony for your current condition. So we stay connected to what God is doing. Next, you got to look at what tribe you choose. You got to look at what tribe you choose. For some of us, we're looking at different tribes. And, 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 and for some of us, I'm going to speak directly to some of you. Some of you are wrestling between tribes right now and can't figure out why you're living two different lives. I'm trying to be this person, but I'm trying to be this person too. You better pick a tribe because eventually it will tear you in half. I believe a large portion of people that, and this isn't for everyone, so please don't take my words and run the wrong direction with this. I believe there's a large portion of people that experience bipolar tendencies, but it's not because of chemical imbalances. It's because they've been trying to live two lives for so long, they don't know who they are anymore. And can I tell you something? You need to pick a tribe. That's why I I love our tribe. Let's go to Deuteronomy 25, 19. Where it says, when the Lord your God gives you rest from all the enemies. So this is after the battle with the Amalekites. Okay, so with the story we just told from Exodus, this is after that. When the Lord your God gives you rest from all the enemies around you in the land he is giving you to possess as an inheritance, you shall blot out the name of Amalek from under heaven. Do not forget. And some of us, we need to start blotting out some names. 
I'm going to say that again. Some of us need to start blotting out some names from our past. Because what they said is, when God gives you your promise, don't go back to war with the people you should have left behind. And can I tell some of you in here today, when God gives you that promise, don't you go backwards to the people you left behind. Because can I tell you something? They're not interested in going into your promised land. They're only interested in stopping you from getting into your promised land. God wants to do something with your life. He wants to do something in you and through you. But it wasn't built for everybody to go. I tell, my, I tell the staff sometimes, uh, and actually I tell them often, I tell them it's lonely at the top. And what I mean by it's lonely at the top is everyone that was around you at the bottom of your mountain ain't willing to climb the mountain with you. Which means that when you get to where you're going, when you get to the summit, when you get to the highest point, you won't look around you and see all the same people that were with you at the bottom because some people aren't up for the climb. So if God's going to take you to higher heights, that means inevitably you got to leave people below. Now, I know that don't sound like, wow, I want to take all my friends with me. Why? They're not interested in taking you. No, no, no. We need to learn. There are family members, co-workers, people in our past. It's time you start blotting out some names. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm going to blot them out. They got to go. Turn to the person on the other side of you and say, they got to go. Blotting them out. So, keep in mind, the last part, do not forget because the temptation will arise. Because listen to me, you will get that phone call. I can't believe you're turning your back on us. What you talking about? Where were you? When I needed you, how many guys got people? You're looking around like uh, every time you're there for everything they need, but let you need something. Where are they at? Why well, can't I got? I got your back. I got your back. You turn around like what? Where? You so far back there? I can't even find you. <laughs> and listen, it ain't about. It, this isn't about hammering everybody else. It's about understanding that when God wants to do something with you, you may very well be having to do that by yourself for a season until you pick the right tribe that's ready to carry the load with you. Because everyone in your life either adds to your burden or helps take some away. I'm going to say it again. Every single person in your life either adds to your burden or helps take some away. There aren't any passive people in your relationships so you got to pick which tribe that you're going with. So I remember, being, I remember playing sports when I was younger, and uh, I, I, I loved being the captain on the basketball court. I loved picking my own team for multiple reasons. One, when I grew up, white dudes on the basketball court got no love. I'm just letting you know that's just the way it is. Okay, so yeah, there was a level of establishing yourself before you just got picked. Okay, so I just we're gonna put that out there. But secondly. I, I, I have a decently high, I don't mean this like arrogantly, I have a decent basketball IQ. Myself and Tim are constantly debating over the best point guards in the league. I'm like, he's not a real point guard. Anyways, none of y'all care about that. But as we're having those conversations, when I would pick a team, I didn't pick a team based on who the best four people were on the court. I picked a team based on who fulfilled the best, best four spots on my team. Which means I may take a lesser athlete for a certain position, but he makes better decisions for the team. Y'all with me? So I loved picking the right team because I didn't necessarily have to have all the best people. We would just put the best ones on the court. That's why me and Tim and Demarcus and our squad, we won the championship a few years ago. I'm not going to rub that in, but we did. So, <clears throat> But all that to say, God is putting together the right squad for your life. 
And when you look around, you may not see all the people you thought were going to be there, but you'll see the right people to play the right positions on your team. That's why I love Proverbs 27, 17. It says that as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Listen, I need people in my life to call some junk out when it pops up. Y'all with me? See, some of us don't like that kind of friction. And iron sharpening iron, that's not a cuddling, graceful process. That's a spark-creating process. Y'all with me? And you need some relationships in your life that they love you enough to sharpen you, but they also love you enough that they'll deal with the sparks that come from it. You need some people in your life that say, hey, listen, I love you, but that's got to change. Like, I want to roll with you, but until you fix that, I'm not rolling with you anymore. You need some people that will be honest with you enough that they'll deal with you being angry at them for a few months for them to realize what they need to do with their life. I love, and one of the reasons I love Pastor Justin, he's, he's sick today, but one of the reasons I love Pastor Justin, Justin, number one, I've known Justin since I was 12 years old. So there's already a different relationship level there. Justin and I made very questionable decisions through our teen years together. But all that to say is, is when we sit down together, he's very clear about how he feels that I can best lead this church. And he has no problem communicating that to me. And you know what? I appreciate that. I lo- I, don't give me, I love everyone. I love everybody. I love encouraging words. But it's helpful to know that there are people around you that go, hey, listen, that thing right there, I need you to do something with that. Now, he don't call out anything crazy. He don't disrespect me. But he goes, but when he, he said, I believe you could better lead this church if you did this and you let me do that. I'm like, done. <laughs> and that, and that, and that, and I'm just kidding, <laughs> right? But what is it in your life that you really need someone pointing at certain areas saying, you need to fix that? And maybe you had somebody, but the fact that they were telling you that made you want to walk away. Can I tell you something? Embrace those people because you need them. You need people to push you. I got my workout coach. I'm not telling you his name. He asked me not to tell everybody his name. But this dude has been, he's been working out with me, helping me lift and do all this stuff. And, and uh, as he's doing that, here's one thing I noticed. When I'm in the gym, if I'm by myself, I do about half the workout and I feel good enough to walk out. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Like, it's like, yeah, I feel good about that, you know. But when he's in the gym, no slack is given at all. Number one. He's the hardest working out dude I've ever met in my entire life, first of all. Like, I'm like, do you breathe? Like, how does this work? I don't even know. But he, like, every time he goes to the gym, he goes with intentionality. And can I tell you something? You need people in your life that don't let you take breaks from character and integrity. You need people in your life that force you to finish with what it looks like to carry the identity of Jesus. You need people in your life that go, hey, listen, we're walking this Christian journey together. And to be Christians means that that thing doesn't exist anymore. And so we need to do that together. And whenever you want to halfway live the life that you have chosen to live, not from a law perspective, not from a trying to earn grace perspective, but because God has given grace to us so freely that we in turn want to show Jesus our love by following him. As we do those things, we need people in our life that go, hey, today we're not going to be half of who we are. We're going to be all of who God has called us to be. And we need to have those people in our life. One of the reasons I'm, I'm, I, I love our church and I love what we do 
And uh, this coming up March, one of the things that we're doing as a tribe, which I'm super pumped about, so as a tribe, as a church, as a group, we're doing uh, this thing called Kicks for Kids, right? And so in Peru, there's 500,000 orphans in Lima, Peru alone. Over half a million orphans. Did you know that if you have a pair of shoes, you are in the top 10% of the world's income level? And in Peru, so our, we are doing a program called Kicks for Kids, and it's going to go from, uh, people can, you can start doing it now, it'll go all the way until the end of March. And at the end of March, my goal is I want all of you throughout the entire month of March to bring in shoes, just bring in shoes for kids. So from little kids all the way up to bigger kids, like whatever, I want you to bring in shoes. And my goal is that we donate 300 pairs of shoes to Peru and give these kids some footwear. How many of you guys would join me in something like that? So... But there are details, and for the details, I just want you to go to uh, mytc.life, and you can click on events, you can click on Kicks for Kids, you can get all the information that you want to have, right? But I'm super pumped about this. Number one, I love shoes, so I just thought this was, like, super appropriate. Um, it's like, if I'm going to have shoes, we better do, like, you know, if I'm, Pastor Dan's going to call me out on my shoe collection, then we need to do something for someone else. Y'all with me? So all that to say, uh, man, join us for Kicks for Kids. Listen, go get the details, though, from the website um, before you start buying because there are some things we want you to do, but you can bring them in. We're going to try to fill the wall. It's going to be awesome. So join us for that. But why? Because I love being a part of a tribe that's ready to give something back. I love a tribe that wants to see my purpose fulfilled. I love a tribe that wants to see God do everything in my life. And I love being a part of a tribe where I get to celebrate what God wants to do in your life. I love all of what God is trying to accomplish in us and through us, and I love what we get to do in other people's lives, even in international mission programs where we help provide shoes for kids. But why? Because it's about being a part of the right tribe. And then lastly, or no, then you accomplish your assignment. Sorry, I forgot one more. Next, you got to accomplish your assignment. And, and I think the beauty, one of the beautiful parts of the story is that we see Joshua and we see Moses and Moses goes to the top of the hill, and Joshua goes to fight the battle. And can I tell you something? God wants you to accomplish your assignment, not pay attention to what everyone else's assignment is. See, how often does God say, I want you to do this, and you go, but they're doing that. And God says, yeah, that's why I call them to do that and you to do this. Because when we're playing on the team together, our job is to fulfill our responsibilities so that everything gets done for the kingdom. And if we're all doing that, then who's going to do this? If we're all going to the top of the mountain to hold up our hands, then who's going to be fighting the battles? And can I tell you something? God wants you to accomplish your assignment. What is it that he's calling you to? What is it he's trying to accomplish in you? Maybe you need to have your character developed. Maybe you need to be strengthened. Maybe integrity needs to rise up. Maybe you need to be discipled. Can I tell you something? There are small groups that exist just for that reason, to help take you from where you are to where God wants you to be. And I can promise you, wherever you are in life, even myself, where you are isn't the end of where God wants you to be. He's got a next level for you. And so it's up to us to get plugged in and accomplish our assignment. So in small groups, through relationships, that happens. Through growth track, joining the dream team, that happens. For some of you, God's saying, I want you to go to work. I've got some things that I want you to do. He's already putting in your heart these areas he wants you to go to work in. He wants you to start helping him. He wants you to start serving. He wants you to make a difference in people's lives in, in that arena. He's calling you to it right now. Growth track is the next step for you. 
after the 11 o'clock service every Sunday. We've got growth track. And if you're ready to say yes to accomplishing your assignment, you just wanna know what it is and get some help and direction on how to get there, we've got a system for that. After the 11 o'clock service, every Sunday, and it only takes you four weeks to complete your cycle, join us in Dream Team Central, the back room back there behind the, the sanctuary, and we'll take you on that journey of getting where God wants you to go. Exodus 17, 10. So Joshua did as Moses told him and fought with Amalek while Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up to the top of the hill. You've got a mission. You've got an assignment. It's up to you to finish it. Then lastly, you got to look to the hill. You've got to look to the hill. And here's the part that I want us to grab a hold of today. Because on this journey, who do we like to think that we are? And when we look at this story, we like to think that we're Moses. Going to the top of the hill, why the Lord fights our battles. But can I tell you something? Moses climbs this hill and Joshua goes, he recruits some men and they go to fight the battle. And as Moses climbs the hill, it says that he went to where the soldiers could see him. And so he gets to the top of the hill and he lifts his arms up. And as he lifts his arms up, his side is winning. And when he drops his arms, their side is winning. And I do believe that there's a key that happened. Moses was always known to have a staff in his hand, a rod. And I believe that as the soldiers were fighting and his hands went up, <clears throat> they looked up and they saw the same hand attached to the same piece of tree that when the waters parted and they were able to walk through it, that was the same hand holding that same piece of tree. Whenever they, they were thirsty in the desert and he struck the rock and water came out, it was the same hand holding the same piece of tree that was able to give them all the nourishment that they needed. Whenever they were walking through the desert and they needed direction, it was the same hand holding the same tree. Whenever it was a fire by night and a cloud by day, every time they needed provision, it was the same hand and the same tree. And in this battle, I believe that as the soldiers fought and they looked to the top of the hill, and every time they would get weary or they would get tired, they would look up and they would see the same hand attached to the same tree. So that as they looked to it and as they saw it, there was something that rose up in their spirit that said, he got us through the first one and the second one, he got us through the Red Sea. He got us water in the desert. He got us manna. He got us the cloud by day. He got us the fire by night. And he's got us through all the things that we didn't know how he was gonna get us out of. And today he's gonna get us out of this one too. And when we look at this story, can I tell you something? We're not Moses. That's not us. We're Joshua. We're fighting our battle. When we look up to the hill, we're not seeing Moses. We're seeing Jesus with the same hand attached to the same tree where he gave his life for us. Listen to me today. When Jesus died on that cross, he died not so that you could just have an eternity with him forever, but so that you could live with a purpose on this earth today. God wants to do something through your life. He wants to accomplish something great in you and through you. He wants to lead you down every path that he has for you. 
He wants to connect you to this idea. As a matter of fact, Psalms 121, one through two says this. It says that I lift my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? And when I used to read this, I used to see it as someone would be looking with their eyes towards the hills and that would be where Jesus would be coming from. But that's not what they're saying at all. He actually says, I lift my eyes to the hills and when I look there, I see no one. And as I look to the hills, where is my help gonna come from? And I don't know about you guys, but I've been in situations where my life, in my life where I was looking to the hills and I didn't see nobody coming. Matter of fact, I think that's what we're reading out of David here. He says, I was looking to the places where I thought help would be, but there was none. And I don't know about you guys, but I've been looking to places where I thought help would be, and there was none. Because you don't need to look to the hills, but you need to look to the hill. Calvary, where Jesus died. Don't look to the hills where people reside. Look to the hill where Jesus died. Because can I tell you something today? At some point, your friends are probably gonna fail you. At some point, your family won't be available. And at some point, it's gonna be no, nothing but you and Jesus. And that relationship, that, looking up to that hand, attached to that tree in the middle of that battle, Jesus needs to be all that you would ever need in your life. Don't look to people, look to Jesus. But can I tell you something? When you get Jesus, he gives you the right people. See, when we look for people, we look for the wrong ones. We look for the ones from our past that we've been leaning on for forever. We look for the ones that used to be around. We look for the ones that help us make terrible decisions. We look for those type of friends. But when Jesus comes into our life and he becomes the most important person in our life, he puts the right people in our relationships and they help carry us through everything that we go through. I'm here to tell you today, when Jesus Jesus comes into your life, he comes to make it brand new. And that even means the people that surround you. Why? Because Jesus wants you to live a life that's better now, better today. That means you get the yacht? Maybe not. <clears throat> that means you get the new car? I can't promise you that. Does that even mean you get a job or a better bank account? I can't tell you any of those things. What I can tell you is that when you get Jesus, you've got all you need. And when you get Jesus, he'll bring the right people into your life. How many of you guys are ready to live a life that's better now? Amen. Let's pray today. Father, we thank you. We thank you, God, that you're doing things in our life, that you're shaking things up in our life, God. Father, I pray that even those areas of our heart and our spirit where we are tired because we've been fighting the battle, but we've been looking for the wrong teammates. We've been fighting the battle, but we keep going back to the wrong tribe. God, I pray that you show us the right people that are supposed to be in our life, the right relationships that we're supposed to have. And, and inevitably, God, I pray that you show us the right direction that you want us to go in. God, help us see that God, just like Joshua, we're going to fight a battle. We're going to win. 
in the arenas that you've selected for us, we've got something we're doing. We've got a battle that we're gonna win and we've got steps that we're going to take. We're going to get to the promise and the fulfillment that you have for us, God. But in the midst of that battle, God, I pray that we look to the right hill, not to the hills where we think people are coming from, but we look to the hill where Jesus is at. I pray, Jesus, we look to you. We see pierced hands and an open body that says that I gave my life for you and I'll never let you down. And God, as we look to you, We look for you to be everything that we need, and we thank you in Jesus' name. If you're in this room with everyone's head bowed and your eyes closed today, you say, Pastor, I know I need to change my relationships, and I I know I need to have new friends around. I I know I need to surround myself with people that are going to help on the journey of where you're trying to take me. But honestly, the most important relationship that I don't have right now is one with Jesus. And friend, today, if that's you, you say, I want the right relationships. I want those people. I wanna, I wanna know that I'm surrounded by all the right people, but I gotta make sure that I have the right savior in my life, that people aren't gonna save me, that family isn't gonna save me. I need Jesus to be my everything. And today, if that's you, I'm not gonna come to you. I'm not gonna embarrass you. I'm not gonna point you out. I just wanna pray for you today. I wanna introduce you to the Jesus that gave his life for you. The beauty of the gospel is this, that the Bible says we've all sinned, we've all blown it, we've all messed up. And today I'm not here to beat you up. I'm here to tell you that the same God that saved my life through Jesus on the cross is here to save yours. And so we're not here to continue and I'm not gonna come to you, I'm not gonna point you out, I'm not gonna embarrass you, I just wanna pray for you today. And if you are in this room and you say, I want Jesus to transform my heart, Pastor, and I want a fresh start, I wanna live a life with him, right now, where you're at, will you just raise your hand and say, that's me, Pastor. God bless you, God bless you, God bless you. Once you put your hand up, you can put it down. Like I said, we're not here to embarrass you, we just wanna pray for you today and watch God do something amazing in your life as he gives you a brand new start. Are there more that says, that's me, Pastor, I want God, God bless you. I want God to give me a fresh start. Maybe you're watching us online today and you're saying, that's me, Pastor. I want God to give me a brand new start. I want a new beginning. I'm ready to say yes to what he wants to do in my life. The Bible says this, guys, that we repent of our sin, which means to turn away from those areas of sin in our life. We don't ever go back to those. We repent, which means we turn away from it. But then it says that we put our faith in Jesus. And today, if you want to be saved, all it is, It's a matter of putting your faith in Jesus. That when he went to that cross, he paid for your sins. And today, we're gonna pray a prayer right now that puts words to the actions that's happening on the inside of your heart where you're saying yes to Jesus with your heart. We wanna say yes to Jesus with our words. And so we're gonna pray a prayer together and the whole church is gonna pray it with you so you're not by yourself and that we're giving our life to God today. So let's pray it, church, with our brothers and sisters. Say, dear Jesus, forgive me. Forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my wrongs. Make me clean. Make me pure. Make me whole. I believe that you died on the cross. And I believe that you rose three days later through your life, through your death, and through your resurrection. I can be saved. So I want to follow you for the rest of my life. I give you my heart. I give you my life. Make me brand new. 
In Jesus' name, amen and amen. TC, let's put our hands together for all those that prayed that perhaps the very first time. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Thank you so much for listening today. To make sure you never miss a message, be sure to subscribe to our channel. It would also mean so much to us if you would leave us a review. For more information about our church or to contact us, please feel free to visit our website at transformationchurch.com. And if you want to connect with us on Instagram and Facebook, just search at Transformation Pensacola. Join us next time for another message from one of our pastors as we see people transform from who they are to who God wants them to be.